Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Houlihan, and we have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This will be a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, including some that ran only one episode, or barely ran at all, like this one. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. Archie! Archie! We're endgame, Archie. Are we not doing Riverdale? No, we, you know we're not doing Riverdale. I mean, we it's a, watch it, the show. It's a shame Riverdale only ran one season. <laughs> yeah, of course, Riverdale did one run. Only one season. There was never a cult. There was never a body harvesting organ mm. thing. Yeah, so th- we did the 1964 pilot for Archie on CBS. But first, we gotta pour one out. So what do you have this week, Lara? In honor of Pop's Chocolate Shop, the uh, malt shop that does not appear in Archie, mm-hmm. uh, but is a very key factor in Riverdale, I made a chocolate milkshake. Just a chocolate milkshake? With 99 bananas in it. There you go. Um, yeah, so I, I did that because I wanted to go something classic and old school for Archie. How is it? It's delicious. So I must say, Lara, I'm a little bit disappointed in you in that you chose something outside of the pilot. We're not reviewing Riverdale's extended universe. We're just reviewing Archie from 1964 here. So I have something that's actually from the pilot because I put the work in here at State Doomed. I have a Ben Franklin. That's a, that's a, no, that's, that's not a cocktail. Yes, it is. It's a beer. And? It's Ben, ben Franklin would only drink beer. That, so you're going to get mad at me for no effort and you're drinking a beer? Mine relates directly to the pilot. Mine's Jughead and the Computer, which sounds like a Riverdale. <laughs> Jug, they would do like a plot line with Jughead like uploading his consciousness into a computer and guiding Betty to solve a mystery. That's season five, mark my words. It also sounds like an Urban Dictionary sex maneuver. <laughs> Like, oh, you should have seen this girl. I totally jug-headed her computer. Uh, I thought about making a sticky maple. <laughs> that sounds, which is also from Riverdale. That sounds delicious. Or Jingle Jangle. Oh, that is that sounds like a, a letter Kenny cocktail. Uh it's drugs. And okay. also a delightful <laughs> peanut brittle from Trader Joe's that they sell during the holidays. Ah, well jingle jangle. Because uh, our Riverdale was just full of pictures of cans of jingle jangle. That's hilarious. Yeah. So we're doing this because Laura has been lax on her one Riverdale reference uh, per episode, and the people have spoken. So there should be a lot of them in this here episode. So let's talk about Archie. This is 1964? Yes. So this is by far the oldest thing that we've ever reviewed, uh, beating, I believe, Turn On, which was our previous record yes, holder. Yes, it does beat Turn On. So uh, this is our, also our uh, first black and white, I believe. It was not like something that was trendy black and white that we watched, was there? I believe this is our first. Yeah, so uh, we are looking at Archie, which is in fact based off of the comic series. Yes. And uh, we start with Archie's parents. 
Yep, they're and, talking over breakfast. And uh, about how lazy their kid is. They got one of them lazy kids. You haven't called Archie yet. Mm-mm. He still has uh, almost a whole minute. You know how important it is for boy to get his sleep. And I know Archie's theory. The best sleep is the sleep you get when you're supposed to be getting up. And uh, they notice a suspicious button with a note that says, when you want me to get up, press button. Yes. And his mother presses it, and it starts this steampunk-esque machine. Rube Goldberg-esque. Yeah. That creates the illusion that he has gotten up. Yeah, it's um, a recording of him saying it's a beautiful day. Mm -hmm. Then it's rigged up to have his footsteps by knocking his shoes along the floor. Yes. And then it rigs up that his shower turns on. Yes. And then the recording plays him singing in the shower. And in there, it's also his window. What? what like, his window gets screwed up and his mom goes like, I've been telling him not to slam that window like that. What I especially loved is him singing in the shower is also slightly garbled as if water is filling his mouth. Mm-hmm. It's like the attention to detail this kid put in. So he could get some extra sleep is spectacular. Yeah, he is already smarter than Riverdale Archie. Yes. In that he has thought about a thing. But his dad starts to see through it, and he goes to investigate, and he gets tangled in the web of the machine. Yeah, because it's all of these, like, wire, like, all these pieces of, like, clothesline. And uh, Archie explains that uh, this is something, he asks how long it fooled him. And then explains that it's something he rigged up so he could get a little bit of extra sleep because he needed it because he had been up till four in the morning creating this machine. Now, um, Mary looks fairly like the comics. She looks mm-hmm. like an attractive 60s housewife. Fred looks way better than he does in the comics. Yeah. Uh, Fred is usually heavier and balding with a mustache. And this is a very like clean cut, handsome, older... like. I say older gentleman, but like gentleman in his 40s. Right. Uh, he looks more like what a family sitcom father looks like in the 60s than what he looks like in the comics. Okay. I, I do want to talk a little bit about the look of each character. Absolutely. Because, I mean, Archie's a known redhead. Yeah, it's hard to... And it's hard to tell whether he's red-haired in this because he has light hair, but you can't really tell if it's yeah. red or blonde. Due to the lack of color. Yeah. Uh, I do want to ask, though, do you know anyone like this? Because I know a few people who will go through extreme amounts of work to not have to go to work. To not have to go to work? I know people who will do a lot of work to do slightly less work. Oh, like, my buddy Chuck that I went to college with was infamous in, like, staying up all night to create the reason why he could not turn in his work. It's like, dude, if you just wrote this paper, it would be a lot easier. I mean, I famously talked my way out of doing an assignment in high school. Mm -hmm. I gave a presentation about how I did not do a presentation. Nice. uh, Because it was the Song of Myself project, and I argued that you could not know what you would be at that exact moment because life can change in an instant. Mm-hmm. So anything less than this exact moment would not be giving you what myself truly is. Now, did you spend a lot of time working on that or did you just pull that out of your butt? 
I spent a surprising amount of time figuring out that that's how I could get out of doing the assignment. Okay. Because, like, I'm thinking more of my buddy Colin. Yeah. Uh, he was late for rehearsal. Uh, and, like, the director called and was like, hey, you're late for rehearsal. And he was asleep, but his response was, I know I'm sorry. I've been in a car accident. And then he went outside with a golf club and destroyed the front of his car. It's <laughs> like, no, just, just why, why bother with this? That's commitment to a bit. Yeah. And like, Archie idolizes Ben Franklin. He kind of like talks about early to bed, early to, oh, um, his father says early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. And then like Archie immediately rebuts with a different Ben Franklin quote that I didn't write down. May I remind you of something your hero once said about early to bed and early to rise? Mr. Franklin also said, plow deep while sluggard sleep. Nothing personal, Dad. <laughs> You're too kind. Yeah, old Richard Almanac. He knows it. Poor Richard Almanac. Poor. I'm sorry. He's poor, not old. Yeah, and then the intro is just everyone. They That was the cold open. Now we have the intro that's everybody calling Archie. Archie! Archie! A kid is dead, Archie! 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 That's me! Feels super corny. Yes. But it's very 1960s. Mm -hmm. And then you get like a song. Archie, you're never gonna... Like a cute corny little song. Yes. So they're at breakfast now. He's talking to his parents. And he's talking to his dad about how he can't make up his mind between Betty and Veronica. He's supposed to go to this dance. Yes. They don't call it a dance. They call it like a meetup party. No, it, it is a PTA meeting. It's a, but they do call it a party. It's a party, but they want like the teachers, the parents, and the students all there. No. It's being hosted by the PTA. Oh, I thought that... No, Mrs. Finch is in the PTA. None of the other parents attend. Oh, cause there, but there's that whole subplot about who the principal goes with. Because well, ostensibly he would be chaperoning. Oh, okay. Um, so would Mrs. Finch, the PTA president, and so would Grundy, who is uh, uh, a teacher at the school. Okay, my, my mistake. And Archie is supposed to go to this party with Betty. And Archie's dad's like, yeah, unless Veronica convinces you not to. Yeah, unless that succubus Veronica uses her womanly magic on you. Which, to be fair, uh, how this show interprets Veronica, Fred is not wrong. <laughs> no. Um, Fred, Fred is not wrong here. And he explains the concept of propinquity. How does a man know which is the right girl for him? Oh, don't worry about it. Propinquity will take care of it. Propinquity. Nearness, closeness, proximity. You see, Archie, most men think that they marry the only girl in the world for them. Now, did you ever stop to wonder why it works out that the only girl in the world just happens to live in the next block? Right. And then Mary Andrews comes in and Fred's like, but I did marry the only girl for me. <laughs> right, and right. And she just happened to grow up three doors down. Uh, but... Explains that teenagers get into relationships based on who they meet, mm -hmm. which makes perfect sense because most people are going to meet based on geography. 
Yes. Like if you're if you're in Philadelphia and your soulmate is in San Francisco, the only way you're meeting that person is if you end up in the good place. Yeah. I mean, it's also the 60s, so there's not like... The internet. Yeah, there's no dating apps here. Yeah, like you're not even going to meet someone who is a slightly different age than you in town. Mm-hmm. You're only meeting people in your high school. Maybe the high school the next town over if you live on the outskirts. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Betty comes to the house and Mary calls Archie out for not carrying Betty's books because this is the 60s. Right. And Betty goes, oh, these are Archie's. He left them at my house last night. And yeah. they leave, and Fred turns to Mary and goes, he's slipping. Betty didn't hold the door for him. Yeah, kind of establishing that Archie is a douchebag. <laughs> and I, I, my next note is, I, I've gotten used to Riverdale Betty and modern comics Betty. Yeah. Who has a lot more agency. Betty in the older comics is a horrific doormat. Yeah. They've kind of, in later comics and in um, Riverdale... She is essentially almost a Mary Sue. Yeah. She is the girl you're supposed to project yourself onto. She's a good mechanic and she's brilliant and she's pretty and she's wholesome and you're supposed to want to be Betty. Mm-hmm. In this, I think girls in the 60s were also supposed to want to be Betty, but Betty was not a very good character at this time. Well, I think there's also what they really want is for dudes to project themselves as Archie because they're like, oh, could you imagine being in that terrible situation? Which one of these attractive women that look identical with different hair colors do I want to be with? They're not identical. They are in the comics. Yeah. I mean, they only know how to draw three faces in the comics. Yes. Fair. But in this, uh, Betty is very wholesome. Very Gidget, very Olivia Newton-John in Greece. Uh, that blonde, what? It's just funny you say that because I was going to compare Veronica to Rizzo. That is completely fair. <laughs> uh, which and they are supposed to be the two kind. The uh, I mean, they're the embodiment of the Madonna horror complex. Yes. Uh, despite the fact that Veronica is not is really never promiscuous. Veronica in this. Uh, she makes a noise, which I think is like the closest you can get to being a promiscuous woman on television in the 60s. Mm-hmm. But she kind of every once in a while does like a, mm. <laughs> and then like, ooh, she's like a man eater. Whoa, whoa, here she comes. Yeah. And we, we do see other men uh, have an interest in Betty. Yes. And Veronica. Uh we always see other men have an interest in Veronica, especially Reggie. We see Reggie, and Reggie is always canonically interested in Veronica. That's just kind of the thing. Gotcha. That's the dynamic. Uh, the only ones we really meet in this are the uh, the core four, as Riverdale folk would call them. Jughead, Veronica, Betty, and Archie, and Reggie. Yes. There's other characters alluded to. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, we meet someone who I'm pretty sure is supposed to be Dilton Doily. Okay. Um, but then you have to remember that, like, Kevin Keller and Cheryl and Jason Blossom didn't enter the comics yet. Yes. And I'm not even sure Sabrina's in the comics yet. Yeah, I don't think, and I'm not even sure if we have Josie yet. Uh, no, I don't think we do, and... Nor the Pussycats. I think at this point they're not intersected. Okay. Uh, Sabrina canonically takes place in a town over from Riverdale. Okay. Um, 
even in uh, Riverdale, the show, they take place in towns across the Sweetwater River from each other. Hmm. Um, but they haven't really crossed over, to my knowledge. So the next thing we see is Weatherby. And Weatherby is also significantly more attractive than he is in the comics, because he's a very doofy comedy character in the comics. And he's a comedy character here, but they've made him more attractive. Are, are we talking about the principal? Yes. The, the clearly mentally ill principal they have? Yes. I'm just explaining the look first. Okay. Weatherby is J.D. and Scrubs. As no. far as the way he behaves. It's worse than that. Because J.D. has an inner monologue that's still him. He, like, has arguments with this voice that talks to him. That's true. I was thinking of JD because JD will occasionally out loud acknowledge whatever his inner monologue or his fantasy sequence just did. Right. But like JD will stare off and then come back and be like, man, I love horses. And it's just kind of like, oh, he drifted away. Meanwhile, the principal at times will be like, shut up. I don't need to talk to you right now. Archie's inventive. Of ways to get himself and me into trouble. (laughs) He can sell you on just about anything. He cannot. You know why he can sell you? Because basically, you like the boy. Now there's something to worry about. Yeah. Which is a, is a sign of some mental, mentally ill behavior. Yeah, it's fair. He has another consciousness. He's, he's Deadpool. Yes. That is fair. <laughs> um... So, he kind of, like, has a conversation with himself about how he likes Archie despite himself. Yes. It's very, very weird. (laughs) Because, like, I work in education, and let me tell you, I do not spend time in my office contemplating how much I like an underage student. Yeah, this is weird, and while they're trying to show off... Archie as this, like, he's brilliant, he's good-natured, but he's, like... Lazy and conniving. Troublesome. Like, he he almost kind of has, like, Dennis the Menace vibes. Like, he means well, he's doing his best, but maybe not going about it the best way. Uh, See, I was thinking about it more in the way of he wants what he wants at all costs, which we see in the... In this episode. Yeah. He, he's like Ed. No, he's like Eddie from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Yeah. like He's, he's got scams. Yeah, like he's a li- got a little more grift to him yeah. than a Dennis the Menace. Because uh, Dennis the Menace doesn't spend a lot of time thinking his way out of things. Very true. Uh, this is very much problem. Archie magics him way- his way out of it. So... Here's basically the crux of how this goes down. The teacher who gives off, like, mad Kate Micucci vibes for me. Uh, Are you talking about Mrs. Grunt? We we have a little bit to get there first. Oh, I'm sorry. Because we have to get to... uh, Veronica has the plans for her dad's new supercomputer. Yes. And she shows them to Archie and lures Archie to her house. Essentially planning to... Like, they're in the hallway at the lockers talking. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'll show you the computer if you come over to my house tonight. Yes. And Betty is right there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really gross. Um, She's clearly supposed to be the vamp 
like the Rizzo mm-hmm. character. Yes. Um, almost like a Cha-Cha Di Gregorio for going with the Grease uh, metaphor of she's so blatantly the vamp. Mm-hmm. Um, she's so blatantly the sexual compared to Betty's romantic. Right. Because that in the 1960s, I don't know if you knew this, but there were only two kinds of women. Uh, well, there were three. There were non-sexual, non-romantic. The girls you were supposed to marry, and then the girls you were kind of like low-key allowed to sleep with because they were cheap. Mm-hmm. And then you go marry one of those good girls. Right. Um, and so they set this up and kind of Veronica is planning to convince Archie to go with her instead. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the classroom and that's where we see the teacher who's yes. Miss Grundy. Yes. She reminds me of Kate Micucci. I don't know why. She doesn't really look like her. She doesn't look like her at all. I get those vibes from her for some reason. That like faux mousy. Yeah. And she's like, okay, we're going to start and I don't want to hear a word from anybody. And then at that moment, Archie gets hit with a spitball and says, ow, and gets thrown out of the classroom. And I, I wanted to, I love this moment. They're like, Archie, to the principal's office. And then as he's walking out, the entire class goes, bum, bum, ba-dum, bum, ba-dum, bum, ba-dum. Not no. that song. That's the Vader right. song. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually jump behind because you didn't miss, oh, I'm sorry, I miss a something. really important bit. Uh, Grundy is essentially depicted as being a an arrested development teenage girl herself. Yeah. Because she opens up with talking about this date party and then mentions she has to go to another classroom for a couple minutes and kind of just leaves the room full of teenagers. And she's like, reminder, a date party. Now let's have some plot while I'm gone. <laughs> and so like Jughead asks a young lady and she says no. Which is rare because usually Jughead is not. Jughead is canonically asexual in certain versions of the comics in the Chip Zdarsky run. Right. And often is not super romantic or super sexual in the comics. Mm-hmm. He's mostly into like hanging out with his friends, hanging out with his dog, and eating food. Yes, eating hamburgers. Yeah. And then obviously in Riverdale, he's a romantic character. He's probably the romantic lead in Riverdale. Mm hmm. But uh, the actor who plays him was like, I kind of signed up thinking we were going with asexual Jughead. Hmm. So that's kind of the common interpretation of Jughead in the 2010s, 2020s. Gotcha. Is in the comics, he tends to be depicted as asexual. Hmm. So for him to immediately go in a direction where he's asking out a girl feels like they didn't know how to deal with a an always single male character. Yeah. Like, they didn't want speculation about Jughead? Well, I'm sure in 1964, he wasn't openly asexual or defined as asexual in the comics. Right. But he was probably that, to to use 1960s logic, there were straight men and there were confirmed bachelors back then. Uh, They probably didn't know how to write that. Because, to be honest, they didn't know how to write television really yet. And the idea of the confirmed bachelor is that... Usually consists of being a euphemism for homosexual. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't know how to interpret asexuality. The spectrum, as we now know it, wasn't really in popular discourse. Right. Uh, nobody really thought of asexuality, much less like pansexuality, demisexuality. That none of that stuff's in the dialogue. Mm-hmm. You have 
straight, or as they would have probably said at the time, normal, and then confirmed yes. bachelor. Yes. Which is like the umbrella euphemism for never married. Yes. And there's probably a lot of people under that umbrella. Mm-hmm. But they immediately have Jughead ask out a hot girl. Yes. And she's like, no, because Jughead's not super attractive. No, he's always wearing that stupid hat. He's not wearing the stupid hat. I actually was going to make that Oh, joke. he does. He takes it off in the scene. He doesn't wear it in school because in, it's the 60s. You're not going to have a kid wearing a hat in school. Because remember that even when we were in elementary school, I remember kids getting yelled at for wearing hats in school. Well, I went to a Catholic school, so I had to wear a uniform. So there was no hats in the uniform. Yeah, I mean, by the time I was in high school, I lived in a lawless land. And as long as you weren't a girl showing a little bit of skin, you were fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they kind of have this little tete-a-tete where Veronica, Reggie asks out Veronica. And she says, no, I'm going with Archie. And Betty kind of does a, bless your heart, dearest, I'm going with Archie. And they argue a little bit over it. And Archie clearly is like, no, girls, don't fight. Well, he says something about, like, either stop being friends or something. Stop fighting over me or stop being best friends. Yes, yes. Which, in today's Riverdale, would have been uh, either stop, either, you know, fight it out or make out. Which probably what they would say today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Betty and Veronica kissed, I think, the first episode of Riverdale. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> It's And it's clearly a queer-baiting kiss. Like, it's yeah. done for the wrong reasons. Uh, that's the one thing I did like about the show Riverdale, is that they immediately went off from that conflict. Right. Uh, there's a lot of issues I have with Riverdale, but I liked that they don't have Veronica and Betty fighting over Archie as the core plot. Right. And so then we have uh, Grundy comes back, and this is where the thing you were talking about comes up. Yes. And he gets sent to the principal's office and they kind of do all the bum, 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 bum. Your bums were better than mine. Yeah, because mine weren't copyrighted by John Williams. Yes, correct. And we see this thing where basically, I'm going to, this is a weird pull. Okay. Archie does the thing from the fanatic where. All the information that has been given to him in the last, like, ten minutes about, like, computers and uh, working hard and uh, dates being – or not being sure if you were with the right people all comes together in a beautiful mind moment uh, as he hears – the PTA president and the principal having an argument about how no one's going to this party. This is before or after he openly hits on the receptionist. Oh yeah, he super hits on the school secretary. (laughs) You know, Miss Kenny, if your best girl is the one you spend the most time with, you and I are practically engaged. Like, he hits on the school secretary, and admittedly the line is pretty funny. A little funny, because it's him clearly... It's supposed to be how charming he is, and he's always in the principal's office. Mm-hmm. This is my ship. This is my Archie ship, is the, the school secretary and Archie. And to be entirely honest, the school secretary is depicted as being fairly young. And based on, like, based on things at the time, she could have been as young as, like, 19. Well, if I know anything from Riverdale, he's going to end up 
dating the teacher. And I don't think that's who he should be dating. I think he should be dating the secretary. That's still the most bananas plot to me. (laughs) The creators of Riverdale did not mean to do a statutory rape storyline. They thought it would be fun and sexy. Mm -hmm. And then when it came out and people were like, "Uh, (laughs) she's how old? Because she's like 30. Yeah. It's not even like... She's a teacher just out of college and there's only Mm -hmm. like a four or five year difference Mm -hmm. and it's still wrong, but it's, she wasn't in high school when he was born the way it is in Riverdale. Right. And the writers genuinely thought this would be a fun, sexy twist. Mm -hmm. And then they had to write her out pretty quick because people were like, that's statutory. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like nobody thinks this plot line is cool. This oh. is gross. Oh, we screwed it up. How can we do this? Well, well, maybe maybe they both got drunk. Yeah, that, that's what it is. She gave Archie a bunch of booze. No, no, no. That's not good either. Uh. Well, they just kill her off. I know. Let's just kill her. They make her a serious... She moves to another town. She's grooming another person and gets killed while grooming another kid. That is literally how her story arc ends. Yep. And she's killed by ostensibly Betty's dad. Huh. Yeah, that's... Uh, spoilers for Riverdale Season 2. Betty's dad's the Black Hood. Huh. Cool. Um, Oh, no, it only ran one season. This is the speculated season two. (laughs) But Mrs. Finch and Weatherby are arguing because there's these uh, parties and only the popular kids go to the parties. The bashful kids. This is the the euphemism they use for the nerds. They say bashful like it's a disease. Yeah. Like, you got to understand, this poor child is bashful. He's going to die alone in his basement. Because he's bashful, unless we step in. That's the way to do it, Veronica. Get the bashful ones first. Hey, here comes the champ of the bashful ones. Veronica. Look at all those poor bashful kids. Yeah, like, it's it's refreshing to at least see that they refer to both genders that way. <laughs> yeah. Because usually in these things, it's the old maid or the spinster, mm-hmm. where they're only really worried about the girls. Dying alone. Right. Um, but in this one, they're, and everyone's bashful. And then Archie has this beautiful mind moment mm-hmm. and just storms the principal's office. <laughs> He's just like, hey, I got the ideas for this computer. It's going to match up the kids perfectly. Hot cha-cha-cha. And Mrs. Finch eats it up. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful, Archie. I'm all aboard this idea. And so are you, Weatherby. So help me God. Mm-hmm. So the next thing we smash cut to, Archie is like a ringmaster on a stage that they've, I guess, built in zero time. Betty and Veronica are in their cheerleader costumes, Mm -hmm. which are very 60s cheerleader costumes. Uh, They're sweater girls. Uh, Are you familiar with that trope? Sweater girls? Mm -hmm. No. Uh, In the 50s and 60s, when they couldn't show super revealing clothing on women, their way of getting around it was to show tight sweaters. Oh. That didn't leave much in the chest region to the imagination. Interesting. Uh, that's why... You can actually look up, like, sweater girl as a trope. Huh. I believe Jane Mansfield was very famous with it. And that's why, like, bras at the time were actually kind of built to emphasize what you would see in a sweater. Because that's what they were... Kind of, that that was the good girl's way to show... Show some... Uh, show the goods. Yeah, like, it was something you could do while still keeping up the image of being wholesome. Interesting. Like, I don't know if they would have bothered if this was just going to be Veronica. Hmm. But because they were also depicting Betty this way, 
they had to make it something very, very wholesome. Right. And Veronica is much more clearly an antagonist in this. Yes. Like, we are clearly supposed to be rooting for Betty. Mm -hmm. Who punches Archie in the mouth. Well, I don't think he explained why yet. Yeah, but he deserves it. Basically, uh, Archie's going to get this computer. Everyone's filling out these cards, and then they're going to feed them to a computer. The computer's going to give you your perfect match. But... Archie is getting the computer from Veronica. Right. Uh, And Veronica basically says, yeah, I'll give you the computer, but you got to go with me and not Betty. And he's like, all right, fine. So he tells Betty and like they kind of go into the corner of the screen. Archie's like behind a tent so you can't see him. And Betty clocks him. And I laugh hysterically. (laughs) Yeah. Um, because it's this idea that this is like the only power socially Betty, Betty has Mm -hmm. is to punch him in his face. (laughs) It like storms off. And then we have this kind of like weird moment where like they make up almost immediately. They don't. They're still arguing. She kind of pulls him away from the stage to yell at him. But like they end up laughing. Oh, um, so what we see is them having an argument, and then Reggie snitches mm-hmm. to Veronica that uh, Archie's going to say he's going to go with Veronica, use the computer, and then break the date and go with Betty. Mm-hmm. They're arguing, and then Betty laughs in his face sarcastically. Yes, yes. She's like, ha, 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 ha. And that's what Veronica sees. Yeah. And Betty Reggie's laughing. like, oh, look, they're already laughing about how he's going to dump you. So now it's Veronica's turn to take Archie behind the tent and just clocks him. Um, and then I, I kind of realized that, like, I don't remember Archie being clever in the comics. He, I'm going to be honest. I feel like Archie doesn't have a personality. He doesn't, usually. Like, he's usually just the everyman that we cheer for. Cheer for is a loose term, but yes. That we're supposed to cheer for. Yes. Uh, so, like, seeing him as this, like, kind of quick-witted uh, snake oil salesman character, it's fun. I don't know if it's Archie. It doesn't feel like Archie. Like, as much as I love to crap on Riverdale, uh, and I do, this whole episode is just me crapping on Riverdale, the, be- the Archie we make fun of in the beginning of Riverdale... Uh, is very much Archie from the comics. Mm-hmm. Anything could be happening around him, and he's preoccupied with something, and his heart is good in the first season of Riverdale. Right. He means well. This Archie, you never really feel like he means well. He's very greasy. Yeah, and like, I've never thought like, oh, Archie from Archie Comics? The inventor? Yeah, no. Like, no, that's not what he is. Because uh, that's usually, in the comics, that would be Dalton Doily. Okay. Um, and occasionally Jughead is depicted as being more clever. Archie is never the smart one. It's Dilton, Betty, Jughead, in that order, of how often they're considered the smart one. Mm-hmm. And occasionally you'll have another, like, another character come up. Right. But it's never Archie. Archie is a Hufflepuff. <laughs> He is a good and loyal person who is not good at stuff. Yeah. Um, 
So seeing him like connive and scheme is very weird. Mm-hmm. Seeing him that make the seeing them make him into like the rascal right. is very strange. Um, so they can't get the computer because Veronica's mad at Archie. Yeah, because now now he's he has no woman and he has no computer, and he has a lot of promises he's got to keep up. So they build a computer out of plywood. Yes, and put like bells and whistles on it. And enough room to stick a Jughead in. So Jughead is sitting in the computer and matches the cards himself. Yes. Now, I think it's important to note that his father kind of catches him. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know, Dad. Is it all right to lie to people if it makes them happy? And his dad's kind of like, lie all you want. (laughs) I approve of this weird scheme you have. Yeah, it's... His parents clearly just allow it. Yeah. I I don't know if that's the right dad move in yeah. that moment. His his parents are very, very uh indulgent. Yes. In this. And uh Jughead assigns himself to the hot girl he asked out. Yeah, which is fun. And Archie's like, oh, uh Jughead didn't come to school today, but he'll be fine for tomorrow. I put his card in so that he would have a date. Mm-hmm. And the girl's like, oh, well, I'd never really thought of Jughead that way, but I guess the computer says it's right. Yeah. And so it pairs off all the kids who don't have dates. Mm-hmm. And Veronica mentions that, like, that looks like... Veronica's like, where did he get a computer? And that's when she and Reggie realize it's not her father's computer. Mm-hmm. And then Reggie snitches again. Yes. Snitches get gutted and sacrificed to Anubis. Yeah, and I, I want to talk about this because it starts with... Uh, the principal saying, like, you know, I've never seen a computer before. And, like, it's interesting to think, like, even in 1964, they're kind of playing with this trope of, like, kids understand computers more than adults do. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting to see. And uh, the principal opens up the the box and finds a jug head inside. Yep. And... They do a bit where he's like, he was cramped in there for too long, so his legs don't unfold, and there's some physical comedy. And Archie hits this whole speech of like, look, you've busted us. But think about the bashful children. They're so bashful. And now, for the first time ever, they have dates because of me. Believe in the noble lie, like he's Plato. Yeah, like he is... Selling it as, like, if you want to go out there and... Br- he, like, shows Weatherby out the window. <laughs> All the socially awkward kids talking to someone from the opposite sex. <laughs> like, look, I made this. None of these hopeless losers would have ever gotten any tail if it weren't for me. Mm-hmm. And Weatherby's like, okay. And so we get to the party. Uh, Betty and Veronica... Despite only losing their dates, like, on Thursday for this Saturday party, Betty and Veronica work quick. Oh, yeah. Well, did the machine help them or no? No. No, they didn't do it. Okay. Uh, They didn't need the machine was the implication of, like... Because they're not bashful. Yeah, that Betty and Veronica can get it. Mm Mm-hmm. And Jughead's date works out. And Jughead's date, like, seems to really like him. Jughead suffers no consequences. For this lie. Yeah, for tricking a woman into going out with him. No consequences. There's some consent issues here. Uh, And we end up, and this is kind of a neat little situation of everyone's happy. Yep. 
the principal is surrounded by three women at one point. Well, he tries to bring the receptionist. Yes, and but that's like, Archie's woman. And she's like, okay. And then Grundy and Mrs. Finch show up and fight over Weatherby. Mm-hmm. And if you notice, the receptionist is like, all right, bye. I'm out of here. Yeah, the receptionist, they have relieved the receptionist of Weatherby. So it's this interesting uh, situation of uh, everyone's happy but Archie. Who's in the bushes. Who And like, I want to like kind of fall back to this. This is the noble lie of Plato. There is a lie... That makes everyone happy, but those who know the lie, Archie, do not get the spoils of it. Yes. So, I doubt that they were like, ooh, this is very, you know, Plato's Republic right now. But it's something I noticed. Yes. And uh, Archie's in the bushes, and he's kind of monologuing about how he's kind of bummed. Yeah. But he's not alone in the bushes. If you look really close... You can see the distinct shimmer of the predator. And the predator comes out, rips his spine out, and puts it up on the trophy wall. And it turns out this is the setup for Archie versus Predator. Yeah, I know. This is 20 years before the Predator movie comes out. It's foreshadowing. None of that's true. Yeah, I don't know why you got everyone's hopes up just now. I, just, I love that the Archie versus the Predator is a comic. So I wanted to bring it up. It's not... The Predator. It's Gretchen? Mildred. Mildred. I knew it was like one of those... Old-timey names. Old-timey names. Yeah. And uh, Mildred never filled her card out because she was too shy. Or she filled out her card, but she was too shy to take it in on Friday. Yeah. She was too bashful to come to school. She's terribly bashful. And then Archie is slick. He goes, oh, well, no wonder my card didn't match with anyone. I think my card was supposed to match up with you. And she's like, I'm going to go home. And he was, and he goes like, "You don't want to ruin my evening, do you?" Yeah, which is like manipulative. Which is like something a guy says right before you rape somebody. <laughs> oh my god! Like that is like a date rape comment. <laughs> like, oh come on, babe, I bought you dinner. <laughs> like this is date rapey AF. Yeah, surprise! Archie is the predator. <laughs> I kind of like this is. That very, like, manipulative, like, oh, you could go home, which is what you wanted to do, but then it would ruin my night. Or you could pay this debt that's not really a debt. Yeah, so she goes with him, and that's the end of the show. Archie! My date rape Mildred. Oh, shit. (laughs) Which... I, I want to point out that had this gone to series and this was episode one, we probably never would have seen Mildred again. Yeah. The next episode would have just been right back to being fought over by Veronica and Betty. Yeah. Like, it, it, clearly there were going to be girls of the week. Yeah. So that's Archie. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons this fails is because Archie isn't like the comic character. Right. Uh, He's not the Archie that we know and love. Mm -hmm. He's this like kind of gross D-bag Archie. Uh, Do you mind if we divert for a little bit and play a little fun game? Sure. Can you rewrite this episode of Archie as an episode of Riverdale? Um, oh, God. Well, Mildred's 40 (laughs) 
and she's an FBI agent. <laughs> That's a real plot uh, point. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you um, on this. So uh, Mildred is 40 and she's an FBI agent. Uh, put there because Archie has been doing suspicious activity. Mm-hmm. Or no, probably to watch Veronica because Veronica's father, Hiram Lodge. Did you know my father, Hiram Lodge? Uh, she, they're watching her to make sure she's not in the family business. Mm-hmm. So Mildred is secretly 30, but she joins the River Vixens mm-hmm. to like keep an eye on Veronica. But Veronica goes with Reggie because that happens in this one too. Mm-hmm. Betty's with Jughead. And so Archie doesn't have a date for this dance, but he doesn't know whether he can go because it might be a football practice or it might be the talent show because all these things are going to be the same night because of Riverdale. And also, a serial killer is stalking him and kills off a random girl we never see again. <laughs> all right. Okay. That's pretty good. Uh, who's the rich girl from Riverdale? Veronica? No, no, no. Like the redheaded... Cheryl Blossom. Cheryl. Okay. So this is my version, all right? Okay. Uh, Cheryl Blossom, uh, through her rich powers, gets a new computer that's like this special AI. Let's, let's actually say it's a robot person. It's an android. Yeah, she uploads her dead brother's consciousness. Into an android. Because she, last season, was just hanging out with the corpse. So that's not that far off. Okay. And uh, this also has the power of, like, matchmaking. Uh, So he sets up this, like, Batman gambit to get everyone to go to this dance. Yes. And he's setting up all these perfect pairs. uh, But there's no one for Archie. And Archie's kind of, like, crushed. But Betty finds someone and Veronica finds someone. Uh, also, or Betty's with Jughead and Jughead's kind of not into it. And, uh, uh, I mean, Jughead's super into it in Riverdale. Uh, true, true. And then we see the android, uh, kind of like slip something into the punch. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and like plugs into the school's like mainframe. And the whatever's in the punch is like an aphrodisiac, and all the kids are getting like way super into it. And imagine Dragons plays, and because he's hacked into the system, uh, he's accessing all the cameras and he's broadcasting it out. And they're making a bunch of money on this like uh, cam site. Okay, how much of Riverdale have you watched? Not a lot, because a lot of this is disturbingly (laughs) close to stuff that happens in later seasons. There is a sex tape scandal. Uh, Betty is briefly a cam girl. (laughs) And there is something in the water supply that affects all the women. I'm nailing this. Yeah, it's actually a little terrifying. Uh, But since Archie doesn't have a date, he just kind of plays guitar in his room and he writes a country music song and he tries to have a country music career. (laughs) I mean, the first season of Riverdale is hilarious purely because Archie's in a different show than everybody else. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Archie's in One Tree Hill and everybody else is in Twin Peaks. Like, that's what I said. I think we, or at least you, would have continued to watch this show if... Every episode, Jughead and Betty dealt with a cult or Satan. And at the exact same time, it's Archie like, I have a pimple and the show's tomorrow. That's literally the first season of Riverdale, which I love. <laughs> I know, and they lost that bit. It should have always been Archie like with a tiny high school problem. 
while like oh there's a plague. <laughs> yeah, they they lost me when Archie got sent to prison and mauled by a bear. Yeah, see that's a problem, Archie. That's that's a hundred percent a jughead problem. <laughs> I mean, yes. I think that's really the big issue with uh with Riverdale is that it went to when I used to do improv, we used to call it Crazy Town. Mm-hmm. Which means that like you can't pull together a status quo. Yeah. There is no returning to the status quo. Riverdale's beyond redemption. Mm-hmm. Like they are these four to however many lead characters are ruined for life. They will be in therapy forever. Like, there is no normal life yeah. when Betty's like, yeah, my mom and sister joined a cult, mm-hmm. and my father's a serial killer, and I might have a half-brother who's either a gay prostitute or an FBI agent, mm-hmm. and also, my half-brother's father is my boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Thank- this has been a great session. Uh, Archie's here now. Archie, what's your problem? Uh, Josie won't return my phone call. <laughs> Still the best scene in Riverdale season one is when Val breaks up with Archie. And like even the soundtrack is happy for Val. Because Val breaks up with Archie and then the song that plays after is super upbeat as Val walks away. And it's almost, and we don't see Val again. And it's almost like she's just going to a better series. <laughs> she just escapes Archie's bullshit. Well, Josie does that. Josie goes to another show. Yeah. Oh my God. They only ran series. one season. Really? Josie's the second lead on Katie Keene. Oh. Oh, okay. It's on the list. Yeah, we have to wait until it's somewhere where we can watch it for free. (laughs) Yes. Yeah! Uh, Anything else about Archie we need to talk about before we give this guy a vert? No. No? No. What what are you saying? I think it's a stay doomed. Yeah? Because it's not Archie. Okay. Because Archie doesn't work right mm-hmm. if Archie is a troublemaker. Okay. Is Riverdale Archie? No. All right. <laughs> um, Riverdale starts off very similar to the mid-2010s Archie run, mm-hmm. but then takes a hard left, but doesn't take a hard enough left. Right. Because uh, there's been a lot of fan groundswell that has wanted them to do Afterlife with Archie, mm-hmm. which is the zombie Archie. Um, what? I thought that's just when Archie died. I didn't know that they break out the Necronomicon. Oh, there's this whole zombie arc with. Uh, uh cool. <laughs> no, uh, there is like after, there, there is a timeline in the Archie comics where he marries, he is murdered protecting Kevin Keller from an assassin. Mm-hmm. Kevin Keller, I believe, in this timeline is president. And so there's those comic books. And then there's like, you know, af- there's the aftermath of his death. Mm-hmm. But Afterlife with Archie is actually like a horror comic. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah. And the 2010s, they did some really interesting things with like Afterlife with Archie. Uh, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Mm-hmm. Um, predator. And they did these fun crossovers like Archie meets the Predator. I think he meets Deadpool at some point. I believe he does. Or the Punisher. I think it's the Punisher. Punisher. Um, Yeah, Archie meets the Predator. Again, that's when we see Betty is the next smartest person. Mm -hmm. Because I believe Dilton dies horribly. Fun. Yeah. Oh, everyone dies. I think uh, Archie. Archie also dies horribly in Archie vs. Predator. Yeah, it's not much of a fight. Yeah, and (laughs) 
Uh, to the point, so like Betty is the protagonist of Archie versus Predator. Mm-hmm. Betty is the lead, and that's kind of the thing we've seen in the 2010s a lot is that Betty is the protagonist. Yeah, I mean, well, when you have Archie, who's basically a blank slate, you got to do something with him or get rid of him. Right. Uh, I, I just also want to point out before we we go that this is like one of the earliest comic book TV shows. Like there was, there's been a Superman. At this point. Yes. there's. I, I believe the first Superman show is called Superman of Earth. Mm-hmm. But this is like one of the first attempts, besides Superman, of taking something from the comics medium and putting it on television. Yeah, because Batman was a little later. Right. Uh, Batman did start its run in the 60s. Right. So In, in 66, I'm sorry. 66. Yeah. yeah. So, so two years later. Uh, now, there were other things based on comic strips and comic books. Uh, there was a Little Abner musical. Right. And uh, that was in the fi- the 40s and then had a movie in the late 40s, early 50s. Oh, wow. That I've seen. Um, it's a very, very weird thing. Uh, so, oh, it had the... Um, the main movie for Little Abner was 1959. There was a TV series... Uh, but it was after Archie. Okay. And it was only an unsold pilot. Interesting. In the 60s. Maybe we'll take in a look 19, at that I keep as saying well. the 60s like it's not the decade we're talking about. Right. Uh, in 67. Interesting. All right. Uh, I am going to give this a stay tuned. Okay. I found, I was delighted by this. I think it's been so long since I watched just like a sitcom. Like something where the stakes are super low. So, like, if something goes wrong, it can just be funny and not, like, matter. It was something... It was great to watch something low stakes, I think. Yeah, I think I find it too sexist to enjoy. Uh, Yeah, there's some problems. Uh, But, like, if this had been a full series where it was just Betty and Veronica fighting over this kind of trash person... Oh, I'd totally watch it. It's it's good fun. Ugh. Uh, so I'm giving it a stay tuned. I super enjoyed it. I would watch more if it existed. Alone. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> I, I, think, I think we need to include more older stuff in the future. Okay. Because uh, I did, I had a great time with this. Uh, I think one of the things that we don't do older shows is they used to like, mass produce old shows so there's not a lot of short running old shows right I, I can't think of the last thing I watched with a laugh track ooh for me it was probably like a Frasier rerun yeah like maybe a rerun of like Friends or Seinfeld or something but it was kind of nice to kind of just be like to be engaged and kind of shut off and be like ah it'll tell me when to laugh <laughs> I, I had a great time alright uh, so... What are we watching next week? Next week, we're watching, because we were talking about Escape the Night, and uh, how it was very similar to a show that aired on Fox Kids Saturday mornings, and that's Moolah Beach. Moolah so Beach. We'll be watching Moolah Beach, and speaking of comics, I want to just get this out here now, uh, very soon we will be doing the 8th 
by Adam Lawson. It is a one-arc comic book series. We'll be just covering the first two books of it. Okay. It's not all out. But that's coming at the end of August. So get your copies of The Eighth. It's an Adam Lawson project. It's the the guy that, along with Joey Garcefa, created Escape the Night. He's also credited with writing Escape the Night because he did write the scripted parts. Yeah. Which Joey, for obvious reasons, could not be part of for him to... Because he couldn't really know what was happening. So get excited for the 8th for a uh, very exciting special episode of Stay Doomed. Where can people find us, Laura? You can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And uh, if you have your own Riverdale version of this episode of Archie... Send it over to me at Plus Two Comedy. If you would like to talk about the gender dynamics of Archie's comics, which, trust me, I can go all day, I'm at Stay Doomed. Until next time, stay doomed.